There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. You know, there's these desires that we want to manifest into our reality. And when we first learn about the law of attraction, it's like we're going to use the law of attraction to make things happen, to get more money or to get a new boyfriend or girlfriend or, or to improve something or to fix some problem, fix some hole. And yet that's not really the way the universe works. In fact, that's not really the way the law of attraction works. What you think you want is often really different than what you truly want. And today we're going to talk about what you truly want compared to what you think you want. And we're going to use a question from Kate. And she says she wants these certain things. We're going to go through them. And we'll have see what Joshua has to say about what Kate wants. On the roundtable today, we have Tracy DeLuise. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Gary. And Wendy Pierce. Hi, Wendy. Hey, Gary. And Mark Shahada. Oh, he's not here. Oh, no. <laughs> and Kyla. No, she's not here either. No. No. no, just us three. Yeah. Mark is on a plane to Greece today. Oh, yeah. he's such a lucky guy. Working. Um, no. He's working. He's yeah. tapping. He's tapping. He's tapping it out. Tap his way through Greece. Yeah. So in the boot camp, one of the primary things we learn is that what we want is totally different than what we truly want. And so what we truly want has to do with the intentions we set prior to our birth. What we think we want is all these things that our desires are born out of some manifestation event or something we think we're missing or we see someone else has something and we want that because you know we're sort of jealous of that person. And if you break it down, the things you truly want are the things you intended prior to birth which are based in love. And so these things based in love are perfectly aligned with who you are and how this system of reality works. But the things you think you want are often based in fear. Because if you don't think you have enough money, you think if you just manifested some more money, you'd solve this problem of lack of money. Mm. And so what you're really doing is you're focusing on lack. And that's a perfectly valid way to explore physical reality. And all of us have done it sometime. And lots of people go about their life that way. And they say, I'm going to use the law of attraction. I'm going to attract money because I, I need money. I'm going to attract the solution to some problem I have. And I'm going to think about how nice it would be to have money. And on the surface, that makes sense. But as you dig deeper, you realize that if you think you are lacking something and then you birth a desire to solve the problem of lack, what you're really doing is more lack. And when you're exploring more lack, you are telling the universe, bring me abundance of things that, that it will show me this exploration of lack. Yeah. That's what we're doing. So you never really realize this until you get further along into Joshua. No one really tells you this straight out. 
Right. But even if you listen to Abraham, Abraham says the same thing, but in a much softer way. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really get it until the boot camp came along. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And it was like such a big aha. It's like, duh. But you know, <laughs> you just, you, you, and all of this Joshua stuff, I feel like when I'm ready to get it, I get it. And that you can't rush it. It comes when it comes. But like when that finally hit me, it was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. All these LOA things like, oh, just think happy thoughts. Well, yeah, you can think happy thoughts, but as long as you're still focusing on what you don't have, it's, it, and it's very, it's very nuanced thing to be able to focus on what you want versus what you have and right. appreciate what you have while right. kind of focusing on what you want. Yeah. So let's go over the true desires. Okay. So in general, all of us set these five desires. And these are the desires we intended to manifest prior to our birth. And that is to express our love and acceptance primarily of ourself, of all others, and of the conditions as they are. We don't need to be loved. We can't really be loved. Being loved is not really possible. It's just your perception of what love is. In reality, you have no idea what other people are thinking. And so if you are in a relationship and you say, this person loves me because this, that, and the other thing, well, you're also going to say, this person isn't loving me right now because if they love me, they wouldn't be doing this. And so you are dependent on how they behave to receive your love. Look who just joined us. Hi, Kyla. Kyla's here. Kyla. So we're talking about the difference between what you think you want and what you truly want. Yeah. So um, the second thing we all intended was to experience true love. No, I'm sorry. To experience true abundance and true freedom. And that idea of true abundance, that isn't meaning you're going to manifest all this money. It means you're going to manifest everything you need to explore whatever you're exploring. And so if you're exploring lack, you're going to receive a total abundance of experiences that allow you to to experience lack, to explore lack. If you're exploring like loneliness, well, you couldn't get new people into your life because that wouldn't mesh with this exploration you're doing. You'll get an abundance of experiences that allow you to explore loneliness even deeper. And this is an important part of physical reality because you are here as an explorer. And so you get to explore whatever you want to explore. And no one's, none, the universe doesn't care if you're exploring, exploring loneliness or companionship, lack or abundance. You, that's your free will. You get to do it. But we all go about it the wrong way. We explore lack when we think we're exploring abundance because we think that the abundance will solve whatever problem we think we have. And in fact, as Joshua tells us, we have no real problems. There are only problems from this limited perspective. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it's like that little nuanced thing that seems so easy, simple and easy, but it's not easy to do because you're, you're like, oh, I don't have enough money. Okay. I'm not going to focus on not having the money. I'm going to focus on what I want. I want to travel. But in the back of your mind, you're still yeah, always that money, you know. Yeah. Always, yeah. So you look at, voice. at wanting to travel, and that's freedom. And then you say, "Well, I can't travel because I don't have money." So what you're doing is exploring this limitation, this limited experience. But true freedom is 
understanding that you can think any thought you want and that you can manifest any desire you want by thinking about it differently and by adjusting your beliefs and changing your vibration, not by controlling the conditions. Controlling the conditions seems like the easy way out. Also, abundance is like, I've thought about that. I love traveling. And I've also realized lately how many places there are right here around me that I haven't explored. Like, I mean, one of the things I love about travel is exploring, but I can do that here. And that's, I don't know, that's something that just going out to different, I mean, nature, I always think like, I'm in Kansas and everybody has the idea of Kansas flat, boring, blah, blah, blah. And I live in like Northeast where it's really beautiful and there are trees. You have to go out in lakes, you know? And so it's just a short drive, but it is right here when I think, oh, I need to go to the mountains so I can right. feel good or whatever. Right. I, and I don't even, I don't even have to go anywhere because I, you know, we all know that it's all coming from inside of us. But so I can even like, oh, I think I need to go to the lake so I can see the trees. Oh, look, my balcony right here has a tree right in front of it, you know? Oh, look, I'm in the middle of a classroom and I'm bored, but I can sit and, like, in my mind imagine that. Or, like, that's yeah. that feeling that it gives me, so. Yeah. yeah, I thought that with meditation last night, I was thinking about that. I was like, I can literally go anywhere in this moment. I can mm -hmm. be anywhere. And yeah. what's the difference of it being in my mind and having the thought and the feeling, it's the feeling versus actually being there. There really is no difference. It's the same feeling, you know? Yeah. And it's like Joshua said the other yeah. day, and I put it in a quote on my page about this moment, relish this moment, because you'll never have it again, and you won't even really remember it. So why does it matter? Why do I think I have to go somewhere to have that feeling when I can just conjure that feeling right now? Conjure That's the feeling. Right. That's, I'm, I have that as a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> like eight in my uh, notebooks. Hashtag conjure the feeling. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So imagine you wanted to travel, and so you say, okay, uh, wh what I want to do is travel. And I love this idea of traveling, and the reason I want to travel because it's, you know, it's interesting and exhilarating, and I get to be in different places, and I think the feeling of that would be fantastic, right? But you're not traveling now because of whatever reason. And in the moment that you're not traveling, you have to completely accept that moment. So that's the tricky part is yes. how to accept the yes. moment when you perceive that you're missing something. Yes, and yeah. to get more of it. As a matter of fact, um, was it yesterday? Thursday. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Thursday, I was driving. I'm in Monterey, and I was driving up here, and it's just like, oh, this drive is so long. So, and all of a sudden, I hear Joshua's voice, relish this moment. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm driving. Look at the trees. Oh, this is great. And then I remembered that by appreciating this moment, I'm going to get more moments like this. So more traveling. It's like, I love to travel. This is nice. I'm not at home. This is fabulous. You know, I'm adventurous. I'm out and having an adventure. So it's just, it's starting to like slowly but surely click in. <laughs> yeah. So that's all about the powers in this moment. What can you do yes. in this moment, this to, moment to feel good? Yeah. Well, and so like, uh, one another aspect of that that I've been exploring um, is well, I, Joshua says it like in the boot camp even, but like complete and total acceptance of what is. So like yes. even okay, so I can yes, I can try to feel good in this moment, but I can also just like accept however I'm feeling in the mm -hmm. moment and see that as perfect, you know, yeah. and be okay yeah. in the discomfort, be okay in the feeling of missing something, knowing. Yeah knowing that nothing is missing, that I am complete and whole and like reminding myself of that, but also just like 
feeling that, feeling whatever it is, and just letting it exist, and then it dissipates rather yes. than trying to just like run away from it or or judge myself for having it or any number of other responses. And uh, it's like that's controlling. You know, you you say, "Oh, I have this resistance. I wish I didn't have the resistance." And in Joshua Live yesterday. Joshua was talking about this very same thing, is that resistance isn't bad. It's like you wouldn't want to go to a gym and have there be no weights. Yes, I loved that analogy yesterday. That was the best enough. And like you're, you could even then look at all of your manifestation events as somebody just adding another weight onto your barbell. And it's like, okay, you can do this. You know, it's like work through those limiting beliefs. You got it. Yeah. And it's like um, Kimmy going to do those Spartan races. Yes. You know, and it's like there's obstacles on that course, and that's what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. You're just seeing it as a different way. Like, imagine if you had to take that Spartan race as some form of punishment, you would see every one of those art, you know, obstacles. But if you take it like you're paying to go there, you see them as, as awesome things. Fun thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the fourth thing. And that's just perspective, right? I mean, well, I would look at that race as like, oh my God, you're kidding. No way do I want to crawl through that mud, you know? But that her perspective is like, yeah, this is great fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fourth thing is we all came to expand and joy. That was one of the intentions we set. And so that expand and joy idea, because we all expand through manifestation events in misery and suffering, you know? Yes. But we intended to expand and joy. And that's a perspective thing. So we see an event that causes us to feel negative emotion, a manifestation event. We see it as a bad thing and we try to avoid those things. But from a higher perspective, you don't want to avoid manifestation events. You want to, to sort of understand the information that's contained in them and then use that to change your perspective and your, your belief system. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a great idea, a uh, great um, example of perspective on the other day. I was driving and I could see way off in the distance, I could see the city of LA, right? And it was like beautiful and the sun was hitting the buildings. I thought, oh, that's just beautiful. Everything is perfect. But then if I was like in the middle of LA, I would not be thinking that same perspective. There's trash and homeless and, you know, it's just a hustle bustle and stuff. But from my higher perspective, it was beautiful. And I thought, okay, that's what they're talking about. It's like pulling back and getting back far enough from a situation to really see that in the big scope of things, everything is perfect. Yeah, if you look at the earth from space, yeah. it is beautiful. Yeah. And you're so far above it that all the little chaos that must be going on in certain places is okay. just minutia, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just a little yeah. static. Yeah. Right. It seems like the trick is to be able to see it as beautiful from both perspectives. Yeah. Right. Both perspectives. Yeah. Up close. I've seen that. I've been uh I've been exploring that like with relationships, how I yeah, from far away, it's easy to love it and see it as perfect. And sometimes up close and in it, it's more, <laughs> it's more effort or uh, more awareness. <laughs> I don't know. But definitely. definitely. Well, like the Joshua's talked to a lot of different people about, but me too. Like with my kids, and then I experienced it last night with my neighbor where I was in her home and she was having a tough time and her kids were having a tough time. And I was like, just, um, I don't know, like from in my apartment when I'm by myself and I'm processing the situation, I can see how it's perfect for everybody. But it was like, 
it just took a lot of yes. extra to remember that this is perfect, mm-hmm. that every one of them has chosen this, that like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, yeah, they're all yeah. developing their trajectories. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite songs is from a band called the jam in the eighties. And the song's called that's entertainment. And it's about him being in his apartment in the city. And so the cry of a Tomcat, the um, sound of a jackhammer sirens in the distance, that's entertainment. You know, oh, yeah. just looking at mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. great perspective. Yes, yeah, like a reality show. Like life is a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> but we can see that easily when we're not in, in the it. moment. Yes. But yeah. now we're we're working on that and we're seeing it differently. And so when we see people struggle and complain and stuff like that, we can we don't have to jump in and try and help them. No, yeah. you know, so I have to share, I've had like huge manifestations events around that with my control. And I'm just always just so like in awe of how they send me these messages of control. My dad's ill and in the hospital. Tom's dad's ill and in the hospital. My daughter-in-law had issues with her pregnancy. The babies, like all these things just came flooding out to me. And it's like, okay, literally I have no control over everything. So it's like just... And then I'm like, okay, how do I be an example of alignment in all of this? Well, okay, I just accept it. I accept the conditions as they are. I express my love through appreciation and acceptance of everyone. And it's just, it's just, a, it's just mind blowing how they, how these little things come in. And I immediately went and started to want to go into control. Okay, well, my brother needs to go here, and Tom needs to do this, and I need to do this. You're like orchestrating everything. And I was like. No, I'm going to sit back and wait and see how it all filters down. And I let everybody else handle it. And it's just all filtered down. And now I'm in my happy place with my grandson. So it worked out perfectly. (laughs) And you're in a place of alignment. You are ready to receive inspiration if the inspiration strikes. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah, and and getting over that guilt. Like, oh, I should be sitting with my dad at the hospital. Why? Yeah. Why? You know, in the big scope of things, me sitting there isn't going to make any difference. He doesn't even really like people there because he's uncomfortable. He doesn't want to talk. You know, so it's like we all feel like we have to do these things when, again, pull back out. You really don't have to do it. It's just my, I feel like I'm doing more good for my father by just sending him love and acceptance, expressing to him that, hey, I understand where you're at. I love you regardless of where you're at. I love you regardless of what happens. It's just, you know, it is what it is. This is something you're processing. You need to work through it. Um, If there's some way I can help you as far as with your processing, let me know. And we've had a couple of chats, but, you know, it's all about him and um, his self self-help and, and taking care of himself and things like that. And he drank a little too much and fell and broke his shoulder, you know? So it's like, okay, well, let's process that. Why, you know, why did you feel that you had to go down that road? And the, from the shoulder, now he got an infection. And it's like, you know, it's just all kind of compounding. And instead of like, he was just like, oh, poor me. I said, no, dad, let's not go down poor me. Let's, let's talk about what are you thinking? Why, why do you think you were drinking so much? Well, he misses my mom. And so, you know, we had this great conversation about well, what other what else could you do besides drinking you know you could go watch the baseball games down the street you could go to a movie you could come and stay with me for a while so we just like processed it a little different he's like you know that's really a great way to think about it okay. like 
Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is so much more powerful showing up that way rather than like out going and sitting out of a feeling of obligation yes. because everybody right. has decided that that's the way to show yeah. love or support. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't want me sitting here, do you? And he goes, no, I really don't. But I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm like, right. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's so yeah. Funny. That's great. Yeah. The, uh, the fifth thing that we all intended was to explore physical reality in some little bit more specific way. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with the life we led up to this point, our childhood and where we were born, the time we were born, the place we were born, the parents, the family we were born into, the trajectory that that set up. And then moving along this path to discover something about ourselves. So it's a journey of self-discovery. And we're all being drawn with these true intentions. And if those intentions manifest, then what you're going to do is experience true love, true abundance, true freedom, true joy, true you know, expansion, and total satisfaction in your life. Mm-hmm. But what we try and do is manifest these things that we think will make us happy. And, you know, Christmas has a lot to do with it. I keep thinking, <laughs> is that you be good, you be good, you be good, and then you get rewarded at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like a bonus. all over again, right? <laughs> and so, the, so you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, and then Christmas comes along, and you get this stuff, and you're like, okay, now we got to wait for another year, you know? Or my birthday, whatever that is. And if your birthday, my brother's birthday is three days after Christmas, so he got screwed. On that. Yeah, I always felt so cool because my birthday is in July, so I got like ah. bonuses, you know, beginning same. of the year and the middle of the year. Yeah, same. <laughs> my birthday is seven days after Christmas. Yeah. I never get screwed, never. <laughs> Mine's two weeks to the day, and it's it, it, by the time my birthday comes around, it's like Christmas is a, a long gone memory. Isn't that amazing? It is. Preparation, and then no one ever thinks about it. Yeah. Up here at Newton, wherever we put the Christmas stuff until February. <laughs> <laughs> so, baby, the celebration. You have a quote for today? I do. I have a lovely mm. quote. All right. We ready to read? Ready. Okay. What you truly want is to express your love, not to be loved. You truly want to fully experience freedom and abundance, not limitation and lack. You truly want to expand in joy, not to resist that expansion. You truly want to find your passion and live in bliss, not to work hard in order to make people like, love, or respect you. You truly want to understand and have faith in the system of the universe and appreciate the design, not to feel secure. You are already secure. You are already whole. You are already perfect. Feel those things more fully now, and you will start to work within the system as it was designed in order to expand more fully than you ever thought possible. Hmm. Wow, that's it all. That was the perfect quote. I know. That's why I couldn't wait to get to it. I found the perfect quote. I was looking all morning. That was really good. Yeah. All right, I got to go. Mic drop. Mic drop, yeah. Seriously. I got goosebumps. We always had this feeling that Mark was responsible for all these great quotes. I know. I, I'm realizing we don't really need Mark, do we? No, we no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want him. <laughs> I don't need anybody. <laughs> it's like when he said, it's going to be the best podcast ever with Mark, without Mark. Without Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's turning out that way. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, he, he, you know, he asked for that. That's all in fun. And he knows yes, it. of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he from the airport, as a matter of fact, while he was waiting uh, for his plane. He had, uh, they bumped him like three times and he was in the American lounge. He was feeling good. <laughs> he was so <laughs> He's like, hey, I just wanted to hear your voice. I'm like, oh. And I was driving. So it was like perfect. You know, we're like, that was a like, really good um, example of synchronicity. You know, I was feeling good. He was feeling good. And we connected. So I thought yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And so you had the what, thought to call him or he had the thought he to call you? He had thought to call me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's inspiration. Yeah. Right there. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So let's go into Kate's question. When do you want to read for Kate? Sure. Switch screens. Hi, Joshua. Thanks for your help. I'm stuck at I'm stuck at on what I truly want. I want. I want to be disciplined in my yoga, exercise, and spiritual practice. I want to be great at pushing past my limiting beliefs. I want my family back. Is this all about self-acceptance? Another question is, how do I hold both accepting myself fully and wanting to be improved? Isn't desire for change not accepting oneself? Thanks, Kate. Yeah, so if you want, I mean, we all want improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, do we? Well, I mean, most <laughs> no. people do, you know. No. No. Well, some I mean, improvement is something. argue with us. We well, cannot improve. We cannot get better. Yeah. We can only I, expand. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I've been thinking about for a while, but just like about the words that I'm using and choosing. Mm. And so improvement is one that's come up. Like personal, I, I used it because I used it talking about something to do with this, like Joshua stuff, but I said self-improvement. And then later thought about it, but it's not about improvement. Like it's expansion or d- like personal development is like a different way of saying it too. But rather than thinking that there's something wrong now that has to be changed, just like growing into more. Yeah. Because well, it's just what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted, you know, when I first got into law of attraction, I wanted it to get my money back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted it to get into a, to back where I was after yeah. I had lost everything. And so for me, it was a self, it was some kind of fixing some problem. And this is what a lot of us get into when we get into this. But what it really is, is that since we're perfect as we are, there's nothing to fix because you can't fix something that's perfect. There's yeah. nothing missing because we're whole. And, you know, Joshua ends every conversation by saying we are complete, mm-hmm. except for the conversation yesterday, which. <laughs> you know, that was weird. Like, we just lost Gary in the yeah. conversation. Like, he just, the whole, his internet went down or something, and it just was, he was gone. And we were all just, like, sitting there going, <gasps> hanging on the last word, and then he was <laughs> gone. <laughs> but, um, so, if we take that perspective that we are complete now, then what is it? Well, we just don't see ourselves as complete because we have these limiting beliefs. So if we start seeing ourselves more as perfect and more as complete as we are without having to fix any problem, because problems don't exist, then we just see ourselves from a higher perspective. And as you see yourself from this higher perspective, then your reality begins to reflect how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. That's just how this works. So this idea that we are creators, you know, when you first get into law of attraction, you are the creator of your reality. And so you assume that you must fix everything, right? You must control everything. But as a creator, what you're doing is you're creating your vibration. And then the reality is a reflection of that vibration. So your only work 
is to raise your vibration. You raise your vibration by processing limiting beliefs and seeing yourself from a higher perspective. And I hear people say all the time when Joshua says we are perfect and that I'm not perfect, I'm far from perfect. But if you, again, drill down to the moment, in this moment you are perfect because it cannot be any different than it is. So it has to be perfect. And then if you can just build on each moment as being perfect and perfect and perfect and knowing that regardless of what's going on in your conditions, that's part of your path and your self-discovery. So it's perfect. And it's hard to explain that to someone that, doesn't quite get that, you know, the Joshua stuff. And so imagine if you are perfect, therefore you feel imperfect in something or some problem. Mm -hmm. And if you could just step back and say, hold on, if I'm perfect, then this problem doesn't really exist. So what is my perception telling me about this problem? That it's an illusion. So how can I see through this illusion? I mean, that's the whole guidance of our emotions. If we feel negative emotion, it's because we're perceiving ourselves or our reality in a way that's not true. It's this mm-hmm. illusion that's caused by this limiting belief that says mm-hmm. this event is wrong or that person's wrong or this situation's wrong. Yeah. yeah, and so seeing it as right and trying to figure out how it's right and sort of why it's happening this way. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can use your imagination in an empowering way. I love we that. tend not to do that. We tend to <laughs> always imagine the worst possible outcome. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's just, I, that's how I w- was trained growing up. It's like, you couldn't, you know, if, if something's wrong, you got to fix it. You can't, what? Think about, you know, why it's happening or it's okay that it's happening. And I'm getting more and more clear on that every day. Like just, okay, this is how it is. And obviously it's for something. And I try to adapt to a sense of curiosity. Like, okay, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, where this is going. And it always unfolds perfectly in the end. Yeah, because uh, dipping into that lower emotional state of fear, you receive urges to change the conditions, and that's never going to be, be powerful because it's based in fear. But if you can step back and see that something is happening for you here, and you mm-hmm. can just feel a little bit better about it, then you can just wait for the inspiration, and that inspiration will move you towards the satisfying conclusion of whatever that obstacle is. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of that, I mean, well, Joshua said it in that way, but like that basically it's the fear of, it's not even the fear of the thing that might pop up. It's the fear, the fear of the feeling of fear. And so in order to, I just lost my train of thought. Um, Happens to me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I was, okay. So that was what I was thinking about was like last night we were having this conversation about thinking five steps ahead, you know, Mm -hmm. but how it boils down to control. Like we think that if we can like map out what might be coming our way, then we Uh can protect ourselves and help ourselves feel safe essentially. But what it boils Uh down to, that was the thought. Yeah. When I know, I mean, stepping back and taking these different perspectives, but what it boils down to is trusting that I will be okay regardless of what Mm -hmm. pops up. Even Mm -hmm. if I feel fear, even if I feel sadness, even if I feel whatever negative emotion that I know that I will be okay. And when I'm solid in that, then it's a lot easier to just exist in the moment and let it be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And people will look at that and say, well, you're just, you're just being passive. You're not doing anything. Yeah. And the idea is, (laughs) yeah, you're not being a doormat. What you're doing is you're taking the, the fear out of it and replacing it with love. And in that love, which is acceptance, in Mm. that acceptance of whatever it is, 
then you can receive inspiration. That's what you want is that inspiration. We all, we don't want anything other than this clarity to mm-hmm. see what's coming through. In fact, what was it? One of the last podcasts. Oh, it was the last Joshua live that was just posted today or yesterday was about the greatest gift you can receive. And Joshua, Joshua said, we're going to give you the greatest gift you could ever receive. It's not a million dollars in the bank or a mansion in the ocean. It's this gift of clarity. And if you can see what's actually happening in your reality, then you can navigate that reality in a way that's going to bring you the things you intended. Love and acceptance, freedom and abundance, joy, and the ability to explore who you truly are. Right? Nice. Yeah. I had a little um, a little manifestation event around fear on Thursday. I was driving and I always stop at, there's two rest stops. I always stop at and I get out and I take the dog and we walk around a couple of times, stretch our legs. But when I was leaving the hospital, my dad said something. I said, yeah, we'll stop at the rest stops. And he's like, oh, be careful at the rest stops. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like you never thought, never crossed my mind, right? So I go to this rest stop and wouldn't you know, I come out of the bathroom and this van unloads with, prisoners, their hands are shackled, they're shackled, and they're shuffling along to use the bathroom, right? And I'm like, oh no, oh no. And I was like, no, I am safe. I am secure. I walked over. I walked through them. I said, hello, how are you? Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I am pushing past this here, right here, right now. I don't need any more manifestation events around this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's amazing. And that's where it is. And that's, I mean, that's such a perfect example of, well, pushing through the fear. And then, I mean, so that's step one, but like a matter of when I've, I've found when I do things like that, like drop these preconceived notions of what this group of people, you know, because society has labeled them criminals. And so they must be bad and scary. So I must be in danger. So I must like not stop at rest stops that I love to stop at. That just does it. Well, that's, (laughs) you know, that's exploring victimhood and totally valid way to explore reality, but it's just not what we intended. And so like what I love about you following that inspiration or pushing through that fear or whatever is like, so that was a big thing for you, but also looking at it from their perspective too, that was probably nice for them to have someone smile at them and say, Hey, and like, recognize them as human beings. (laughs) Yeah. It just like multiplies. Yeah. I mean, just think about that. I mean, they're, they're already being so shamed, you know, I mean, I don't know what they did or didn't do. I would imagine they're not, you know, murderers or something if they're in a van going somewhere, but you know, it's just like, they're being shamed. They're walking through (laughs) a stop with shackles on literally. And it's like, you know, no, no, I wasn't going to play that game. So it's like, Hey, hello. How are you? That was (laughs) a great, um, how are you? (laughs) Sir Gunn asked yesterday about, she overheard her mother, oh, yeah. um, t- you know, saying that she was a terrible mother, right? T- yeah. Saying Sir Gunn. <laughs> yeah, Sir Gunn's a terrible mother. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. And so she said she had a million limiting beliefs that she could write down. She's like, how many of these limiting beliefs do you have to write down? And, <laughs> and Justin said, well, just write them all down. Don't, how many do you want to uncover? It's up to you. Yeah. And what's the first one? And she said it was shame. And, and Joshua says, for you to be who you're becoming, you have to understand how everyone is feeling shame. And you have to understand that there is no possibility of shame unless you have this limiting belief. And that for her specifically in what she does, she's going to move to the next level by processing that thing of shame because everyone feels shame in something. And that's why we all have secrets. Yeah. That all that shame is 
is just a control mechanism that was forced upon you by other people so that you behaved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you think, whose limitations are those really? I've been thinking a lot about that. Like whose limitation is this? Where did I get this? Do I really feel that that's a bad thing or a wrong thing? Or do, am I, most of the things I'm pretty neutral on when I dig down, it's like, I really don't care one way or the other, but I've been so like taught that, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. You got to act this. You got to say that. You got to do this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It is. I know. So I just wanted to <laughs> add in the modifier because you said like I, these, they were, they were forced upon us because we wanted them to be, you know, coming into this experience. Um, but shoot. Shame. I don't know. I'm Joshua sorry. said the other day that. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua said the other day that. Um, you know, where do these limiting beliefs come from? You assume they came from your parents or all these things. Mm-hmm. But if you're intending to be on a certain trajectory, maybe they were just there. Maybe you were born, you know, the, the, you, would, you came in with that. And they use this example of, do you know anyone, you know, in a family where one person has a completely different set of limiting beliefs than the other sibling? Yeah. You know? And that's really true. You see that if we're raised in the same family, how does my brother get totally different limiting beliefs than I do? Yeah, ah. I agree. What makes sense is like, well, because Wendy, you were saying, you're going back and like asking, where did this come from? Like, who did I get this from yeah. specifically, you know? And since we're all looking at this through our own filter, like each kid is experiencing the same thing, but in two totally different ways, two different, yeah. different interpretations. But a tool that I've found helpful at times and have seen pop up again, like Isabel was talking about it, but for like that question, like where did this feeling of shame come from? Like in terms of a tool for helping me process it was going back and like asking the whole like inner child thing, but just asking when's the first time I remember feeling this feeling. And it's kind of, I mean, I did it in the way right before I found Joshua, I was doing these like deep meditations where you go inside and ask yourself, how old was I? And then remember it and just feel it and then like let it go and then replace it with sources light, you know, but it also, how it makes sense to me now is just, if I go back and I remember that first time, then I can see like basically detach from the experience because I'm looking at it and seeing it rather than just like not acknowledging it, but carrying that feeling still. If I can remember and see, oh my God, like they didn't mean for me to feel that way. And I wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't true about me then. It helps like it, it helps me put it in perspective now when those same things happen that don't seem like they should be that big of a deal, but because right. <laughs> I've been carrying around all this bullshit <laughs> for 30 whatever years. Yeah. Uh, and those limiting beliefs grow stronger if you don't do that yeah. kind of work. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really awesome. You know, that's probably Mark would say that's what tapping is. You yeah. go back to that memory and then try and tap that yeah. out. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I've realized, like with my dad being ill and my father-in-law being ill and they're older. And it's just like they have so many limiting beliefs that they can't even like think of a new thought, you know, and it's like they're just that they're so ingrained. It's like, thank you for being an example of how I don't want to be, you know, it's like I want to continually process these limiting beliefs. So I'm not to that point and think that, oh no, the doctor said, you know, it's like, okay, well, what do I think? You know, because I keep saying to my dad, what do you think? What do you feel? What feels good to you? Oh, I don't know. The doctor said ABC. It's like, okay, well, 
that's the doctor's opinion. What's your yeah. opinion? And they just, they don't, they give that up. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. And Rose, yeah. <laughs> spirit animal. <laughs> yes. Um, that about the, like, looking at him, I have older people or people from older generations in my life where I've, they've been on my appreciation list, you know, seeing them in their beliefs. Like you said, it helps you realize like, thank you for showing me how not to be. But that's the more I've been taking that approach rather than like wanting to change them, you know, anybody yes. like seeing them be like, well, but if you, I don't know. No, so, I, I totally get that. Cause that's like my, was my first reaction. No, you need to do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> no, this is where he's at. Okay. I accept this is where he's at. And if he asks for more, I give him more, but I don't like say, well, you should, right. or my brothers are in there saying, you should, you should, you should. It's like, and like, Those are, that should, it's like, that's going to do what dad's going to do. You know? Yeah, should, should is always coming from fear. Yeah. Yeah. Fear of loss. Yep. Okay, let's go on to uh, Joshua's answer to Kate. <laughs> Dear Kate. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Dear Kate, what you think you want and what you truly want are often two different things. What you think you want is usually based in your perception of what you lack. And so when you birth a desire to solve what you perceive you are lacking, you do so from a low emotional state. The desire is based in fear. It is the fear that you are not worthy to receive what you want. Since you are inherently worthy and good, this desire is false because it's based on the illusion that you lack something. In reality, you cannot lack anything. All you can do is perceive lack, and when you are doing that, you are creating a desire based on an illusion. You are exploring lack of something, and so the universe brings you an abundance of experiences that makes it seem as if you are lacking that thing you think is missing. It helps you explore that subject in more detail. Mm. That's just how the system works. So if we're, if we're wishing something was different than it is, what we're doing is exploring the lack of that thing, you know, of that or the problem that, that's in front of us. And so what do you do? Do you just drop all your desires? No, you can manifest anything you want. But, but if you can just see why do you want this thing so badly, <laughs> you know, and what's happening though, is you want something so badly and you're going towards it and you're moving towards it. And when it seems like you're going, getting it, then you feel good. You use that as your excuse to feel good. And when it seems like it's not coming because you're not, you have to get a vibrational match to it. And so you're going to face manifestation events along the way. Then you drop into a low emotional state of being and you try, you respond to urges and you try to make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And why do we always think that what is, is better than what is coming? Or what what is, is worse than what's coming. Yeah. Or worse than what's coming. Yeah. Either way. way. It's like, why just not have the sense of curiosity and say, Hmm, I wonder what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's for me. (laughs) I don't, I, uh, I'm practicing. I'm trying to train my brain. Well, I don't know. What's been happening naturally, I think, is I've been finding myself wanting fewer and fewer things. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, well, because I, since the first time I heard the idea, but or re-remembered the idea that, like, it's never the actual thing. It's the feeling behind the thing. Right. I just, I'm focusing on the feelings that I want and anything that I want now or anything that I think that I want, I either end up seeing through it pretty quickly, like why I actually want it, like looking at my intentions, what it's actually serving. Is it my ego or is it actually 
whatever, you know, just a natural expression of what's happening. These steps I've been taking. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's the same with this podcast and the Joshua live podcast. They've been growing pretty rapidly. And so I like looking at the stats of the, of the number of downloads every day and stuff like that. And, but we, it seems like the same people are just listening to them over and over again, because we only have, you know, far few followers than everyone else, but far more downloads, way more downloads than everyone else. And, you know, we changed this title to the law of attraction Roundtable. So we're on this list. If you Google, or if you go on Podbean and search law of attraction, there, Joshua lives in there, number 10 or number nine. And then this one's number 11. Um, because based on number of followers in Podbean, right? Wow. But Joshua Live has 37,000 downloads in Podbean, which is more than everyone else combined on that list above wow. us. And he's like, how do the, you know, what's going on here? I don't even know how this works. And I'm like, why do I want more? <laughs> you know, what the hell do, do I care about? This is I mean, I'm guilty. I, I was not following the podcast. Yeah, you were even following. Well, but now let's let's go back to that question. Why? But, Why? But who cares? Right? Or that you could, or, or that it mattered. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, <laughs> I was just listening. Why am I assuming that more recognition yeah, or more whatever happens is a good thing? Yeah. This is great. How it is now? It is so fun. It's so intimate too. I mean, I yes. know so yes. many people yes. and we interact in the emails and on the Facebook page and all that stuff. And yeah. it's great how it is now. It doesn't have to be any different than this. And if it, if it gets bigger, it's just because I'll be ready or we'll be ready for that to happen when it happens. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to happen any differently than it is happening. Yeah. And so that was a little bit of resistance, you know? Sure. And so as soon as I felt that resistance, I had to rethink that. That whole idea. Yeah. And then yeah. keep rethinking it and keep rethinking it. And that's yeah. what I find, you know? Because it's, yeah. well, okay, so I'm working at a chiropractor now. And the way that the spine works, like how adjustments work, is that it's moving shit one millimeter at a time. So that's why everybody thinks, oh, the chiropractor, they just keep making you come back and come back. And so I had to ask her to like understand why it actually is. You know, why, why are we having these? But it's because it takes like, this series of 24 or 12 or whatever number movements in order to get it back into full alignment, you know? Mm. And so it's not just like you can do this one pop or crack or whatever, and then you're all fixed and good to go. But it's the same vibrationally, like these beliefs, they come up in layers. <laughs> and yeah. so, it's a great analogy. Yeah. Realizing it over and over and over again. And we really don't want to be done because then we <laughs> And mm-hmm. also, every time I think that I want more of something, I mean, in two weeks, I want something different. So. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And you, you know, I remember so many times in my life when I was building some business or something was going on, and the stuff that was happening while we were building it was really fun because we're really yeah. we're really into yes. it. Yes. And yeah. then that feeling goes away, and then the thing falls apart, you know, yeah. and then you do something new. So yeah. I don't want everything to blow up and fall apart. That's the, that was my old habit. And this is like, just enjoy what we're doing now. This is just a conversation between us. And if other people like to listen to it, that's great. But the only reason we're here is to have this conversation about these ideas 
for us, not for anyone else. I forget until you remind me. (laughs) Yeah. And then I like, it's good for me because I like clam up and then I like recognize it and force myself to open back up sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, it's like you could read this question and okay, get something out of it. But when we go through every paragraph and then we talk about stuff in between, it just is like we're on this energy roll towards a better perspective, you know, or a better understanding. It's an awesome way to do it. And if, if we didn't have podcasts, we would probably, we could just do this ourselves, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd be like we, a book club. <laughs> it'd be like a book club, right? We're just yeah. recording our little book club. Well, yeah, but this is also. I was listening to something about social media yesterday and just technology in general. But it was talking about how podcasting, like what we're doing here, is in lots of, in multiple ways. But it's it's how podcasting is reviving the art of storytelling. You know, like for years before there was written word, people were just passing things down you know, orally, like oral histories or whatever. But so we have the story of like the question and the answer, you know, like the yeah. Joshua story. But then yeah. I think, yeah. As and then we put our perspective together, into it. Right. And share our experiences and connect. Uh, yeah. I think it's a powerful yeah. thing. When I was a kid, we moved back to uh, South Africa in 1972 and now they didn't have TV there. They had radio, just like they used to have radio in the old days here. And we didn't miss TV at all because we would sit there right by the radio and listen to the serials they had. Mm-hmm. One was called Squatties, which was about police or something. And we would just, oh, it's Wednesday night. Let's go listen to Squatties at 7 o'clock. And it was like this thing that everyone did. But there's something about listening to a story or listening to people talk that may be ingrained in us mm-hmm. more so than watching watching and listening at the same time because you can do this anywhere and for the whole entirety of human history up until whatever the 40s that's how people engaged in listening to other people speaking or speaking right mm-hmm. not the watching and listening at the same time right. that's that requires something different so we're sort of going back to how it is and i I'd venture to say that more people are listening, spending time listening to podcasts than are watching TV. Yeah, because you can do it. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're gardening. You can do it while you're walking. You, know, you don't have to be looking at something to to absorb. And I like because I can use my imagination a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. It's like that's how we're designed yeah. to listen right. and use our our inner imagination rather than someone else's imagination that's filmed to put on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or I think there's, I think there's places for both. I think both oh, are sure. equally valuable. Yeah. Um, well, because I, even one of the things that's really interesting about the direction that things are heading is how much more interactive the video experiences like lives, you know, uh, like Facebook lives or things. But so that's a, that's just its own other entity, but yeah. Yeah. Well, what really is, too, there's a lot more choices now. So, you know, if you listened to talk radio in the 80s, what was there? You know, you listened basically to news or something. And then you had people like Howard Stern come along, and then you had XM Radio, and you could listen to all these different radio channels. Uh, But, you know, you couldn't record them or anything. And now you can listen to literally anything you're interested in, (laughs) and which is awesome. 
It's just everything's getting more and more and more and more and easier access. And you can do it whenever you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. On my affirmation list, almost all the time I write down, I, not affirmation, but appreciation list. I appreciate technology. Mm. It's so awesome. Yeah. I sort of felt like I manifested all of this stuff. <laughs> kid, oh, the radio station in Florida was so terrible. All the same crappy music. And I really liked new wave music and punk. And you couldn't hear that anywhere. And now I can listen to the most obscure song that no one's ever heard of at any time I want yeah. throughout my house. It's great. <laughs> I manifested that. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the next paragraph. Okay. If you continue to perceive that you are lacking something, you are telling the universe to bring you more of what you lack. You are continuing the exploration of lack. This is not wrong or bad. It is a valid way to explore reality. However, if you have explored the subject of your unworthiness long enough, you can explore the opposite end of that stick. You can change your mind and explore worthiness. You can accept the conditions as they are and allow things to change because you are now fully accepting yourself as you are. In acceptance, you begin the exploration of who you truly are. Who you truly are is a magnificent, worthy, and limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance. Okay, so this is an interesting point. The exploration of lack is always the exploration of unworthiness. Yeah. Deep down somewhere, you feel that you do not deserve whatever you think you're lacking. All right, let's go to the next one. Imagine if this was actually true. Imagine if you were perfect as you are now. Imagine if you accepted everything about yourself, the people in your life, and your present conditions. If you did that, you would be exploring who you truly are, and the universe would provide you with reality that matched your acceptance. Your life would be radically transformed. Okay, so we're now exploring by totally accepting everything in ourselves. We're exploring who we truly are. It doesn't mean your reality is going to instantly uh, change to be something you imagine that's unbelievable. It means that you're on a different type of exploration. And unworthiness is an exploration, and worthiness is an exploration, and neither is better than the other. But when you explore who you truly are, well, you're still going to encounter manifestation events You're still going to have to process limiting beliefs. You're still going to face fear, but you're moving in a more empowering way to a more satisfying and enriching life. And you're going to not succumb to fear anymore. You're going to be able to push past fear, just like Wendy did when she plowed her way through the convicts. (laughs) goodness <laughs> yeah so you felt the fear the same fear you've always felt but right. now you chose a different reaction right. to it you said and it's just like i've never had that experience all these times i've been stopping at the rest stops yeah. <laughs> but you're ready for it and that's why it happened yeah. you know yeah. yeah awesome all right next one in the exploration of who you truly are you would face experiences that reflected the limitless magnificent and perfect nature of your authentic self This would feel very good. However, if you continue to have doubt, then fear will arise and manifestation avoidance would point out areas where you doubt your worthiness. This is a good thing because it allows you to discover lingering limiting beliefs. Adjust those beliefs and you continue the wonderful exploration of who you really are. So when you're you're exploring who you're not, the authentic version, the inauthentic version of you, you are not 
processing limiting beliefs. You're not seeing yourself from a higher perspective. You're just saying, shit always happens to me. Why does shit always happen to me? <laughs> Another thing that happens to me. I like that they used lingering. The lingering limiting beliefs. That's a great word, the yeah. lingering. Mm-hmm. So now you choose to explore who you truly are. You will always have doubt about that, about the fact that you're a magnificent, limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. That's this who you are in the non-physical yet in the non-physical you don't have these limiting beliefs and so the limiting beliefs are what we do to peel away and this is the exploration this is the Mm. discovery of self Mm. yeah when joshua used to say that to us i would like literally cringe like no i'm not i'm not limitless i'm not pure positive love i would just like cringe in my body and now it's like i'm more and more just accepting it and and realizing that everybody is you know it's just that's it's just what it is and that's that's a really good feeling to finally get there and the limitations that other people impose on themselves now is painfully obvious yes you go oh my god you would be so amazing <laughs> just take Let away me, that self you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my god you are so powerful when i'm um channeling joshua and joshua's talking to someone i can totally feel that person's magnificence oh. and their limitations are like their shackles that they have on themselves and but they could just take them off you know yeah. it's just that it's that it's not easy but it's totally possible right simple but not easy yeah, yeah. but is that even fair i don't know like joshua says we don't know what other people are experiencing no. you know no. and so like that's something that i've had to take hard looks at is like when i'm seeing that or seeing anybody in any certain way i'm like well joshua said to me like could you even see that if it wasn't you projecting it onto yes. them, you know? Yes. And so like, I'm looking at this person oh thinking, Oh, if they could only just, they'd be so, but like, then I'm like, or is it me? If right. I could only just, then I'd be so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Well, that was another thing like lingering, you know? And I like, in terms of coming to, Uh, adjust the way that I feel about that same idea of being just pure love, you know, and acceptance. Acceptance. I think that, I think that the doubt, I don't know, I'm starting to accept that maybe it's just like a cycle, you know, that there will be times when I like see myself as powerful and like, you know, from this higher perspective that is the like penultimate ideal. And there will be times when I doubt myself and it's just going to keep going. It's not, neither one is going to last forever. It's just this like, that's what I'm here doing. But at least you see yourself from the higher perspective at times, you know, Yeah, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. Well, Well, I've been using the Disneyland analogy more and more too and trying to explain things the Joshua teachings to people. Mm. Like some people come and they just want to go on the Tower of Terror over and over. And then some (laughs) people want to ride the small world over and over. And I think that's like maybe you're on the small world for a while and then you're like you venture up to Peter Pan or something. You know what I mean? It's like it's just like these different stages of of where you get. Yeah. And then after a while, the small world is boring. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, or maybe it never is boring. Yeah. You know, maybe that's just what you one came here to ride. Or maybe you just came to stand in line all day. Yeah. Or, or maybe you reach a point where you love every ride. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're just bouncing around all the rides. That's right. That's bouncing around all the rides and loving them all. I yeah. 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 Got it. Okay. The uh, next one. If you continue to argue that you're not perfect as you are, 
you will continue the exploration of your imperfection. If you start to explore the authentic version of you, you will face manifestation events for certain, but you will gradually move to a life based in love and acceptance. The old exploration of your imperfection is a life based in fear and resistance. Which exploration do you choose? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right, all the rights. Yeah. And I know I'll probably regret that. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to regret that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the gradual move for me is learning. Well, like you said earlier, Wendy, like we're not perfect, you know, but from the higher, like we are in each moment, like you were saying, but accepting what I perceive to be my imperfections, you know, <laughs> like allowing it to be yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah. You well, you couldn't. Imperfections in others, you love them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And th that imperfection is really perfection for you. <laughs> you know, what that is for you is, is perfection for the life that you intended to live and the life you are living. And if you didn't have those aspects of yourself, you couldn't live this life. You'd be living a different life because you'd have different beliefs about yourself. And so that would transform your life and you wouldn't be exploring things the way you're exploring, no matter what that imperfection is. And so it was like uh, Julie one time when she said, why can't I just sit down in this workshop and listen to Joshua? Why do I have to be moving around and everything? Joseph is like, because you chose this body. This body wants to move around. Yeah. You didn't cho choose Gary's body that likes to sit there and type on a computer all day long, right? <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to the next one. The old exploration of imperfection feels normal to you. You have been doing it for a long time. However, that exploration is based on an illusion. It's the illusion that you must improve in order to be loved and accepted. The true reality is that you are perfect as you are. There is no possibility for improvement, and you do not need to be loved. When you start exploring yourself as worthy, good, and perfect as you are, you can cultivate the feeling of love by accepting yourself as you are, all others as they are, and the conditions as they exist in the moment. It's the exploration of absolute acceptance. It's the cultivation of acceptance. It's the life of love. Okay. So this is, this is three things in here. One is we are used to exploring reality in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that feels comfortable. And so there's momentum behind that. And to change it is uncomfortable. <laughs> Processing limiting beliefs is uncomfortable. Uh, pushing past fear is uncomfortable. All this stuff is uncomfortable, right? So you have to realize that getting into a new approach to life will, be, will feel different to you. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that... You're always going to think that you need to be improved to be loved and accepted. And you're never going to not think that. This is always going to be part of you. You know, some, something, and once you've attracted a belief, that belief is with you. You can dial it down, but it's still going to be there. So you have to realize that that idea of being good in order to be loved or doing things in order to be loved is going to be sort of a default mechanism, and you have to be consciously aware of what you're doing. Um, but the third thing is, and the big thing is cultivating the feeling of what you want. And so if you want to cultivate this feeling of love, what you want to do is cultivate the feeling of acceptance. And you do that by accepting yourself. And you do that by writing down your, what you appreciate and what you're grateful for. And just focusing on that, and that'll help you build on this feeling of acceptance. 
because you accept the things you appreciate and you accept the things you're grateful for. And you really accept 99% of your life. It's that 1% that you're constantly focused on that you think if those things changed, I'd feel better. And, and our programming is to fix problems, fix problems, fix problems, fix problems, but not to accept, 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 accept. And so that's really where the shift lies. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the last one. As you move forward, seeing yourself as perfect as you are and accepting of all the conditions, you are now exploring worthiness in the positive way. You will slowly and surely see yourself from a higher perspective. It's your perspective that creates your reality. See yourself, all others, and the conditions from a very high perspective, and your world will change dramatically. It will not feel comfortable at first. This is because you are not used to it yet. However, as you encounter more experiences, process your limiting beliefs, see everything is right, and move through manifestation events in an empowering manner, you will build confidence. Then you will get more comfortable with the idea of perfection. As this happens, your reality will feel better to you. And this is what you truly want, because this approach to life is perfectly aligned with who you really are and what you intended to experience prior to your birth. And it's just more effective. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need them. <laughs> finish it off. I'll, I'll do it. Let me okay. Finish. Yeah. With our love, we are Joshua. Oh, that, that was okay, you know. Really? It wasn't Mark. It wasn't Mark, okay? Oh my god, that was so good. That was so much better than Mark. From my perspective, when I was doing, it, I'm like, oh god, I nailed it. I I'm, nailed it. I nailed it. Yes. <laughs> Means I'm good and worthy. <laughs> you guys still worry about people judging you? Yeah. <laughs> We're also saying, no, let's cut that part out. Go, no, that's <laughs> what people think. Yeah, but <laughs> I have, I'm aware of it now, and, which is yeah, more than I could say. Exactly, you know, exactly. and like with the Facebook group and stuff, I'm like, whatever. This is who I am. This is me now. So yeah, yeah and and uh, they appreciate that for yeah, sure. So. It allows them to be who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wendy, there's a furry beast behind you. Yeah, guess Wally. <laughs> That's my puppy dog. His tail. Uh, his tail. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. This has been a wonderful time. Yes. Um, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Oh, that's oh, right. Holiday. Yeah, Ooh. we're having a big party here. A big cookout. Are you? Mm-hmm. Fun. Deborah Joe and Frank house? are coming. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, fun. That's okay because Kyle and I didn't want to come. <laughs> Oh, you guys can definitely come. Oh, well, I'm sure, yeah. It's, yeah. it's today at 2 o'clock, Kyla. No, it's Monday. <laughs> oh, Monday at 4. You can make it here by then, for sure. We've got plenty of rooms. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, this was wonderful. I think it was the best we ever did. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I think this will be the most downloaded podcast of any of these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that matters. Love <laughs> the Love Attraction Roundtable minus Mark. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's Just what you so should title it. Yeah. It'll tank. Yeah. It'll tank. It'll tank. <laughs> It'll skyrocket. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Shahada. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have some clickbait in there. Why Mark wasn't part of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. What uh-huh. happened between Mark and the group? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what Tracy, where did Tracy wrong? go? Oh, is Tracy coming home? Is that? Yeah. She's on a plane now. Nice. Yep. That's quick. 
Yeah, if we keep talking long enough, then she'll just be here. All right. Um, Joshua Live is on Monday. Hey, everyone, if you're listening to this, hit that follow button wherever you are. It's super important to me. It's important. It's important, but it's important. It's super important. It's the only thing I care about. Yeah. Uh, also... Join the Friends of Joshua Facebook group. It's really fun. We just got a thousand members this week. Wow. What else? Oh, listen to Joshua Live. And if you join the Facebook group, you can join in Joshua Live. There's usually 20 or 30 people on who are just talking and talking and figuring stuff out. Most people just listen. There's five or six questions get answered. Most people listen, but the it goes in this cool thing where Joshua starts off talking and then the the questions go in a circle and then always tend to end up back where Josh was talking crazy. about. Crazy. It's crazy how that happens. Mm-hmm. And also your vibration will raise as a result of this and you'll instantly manifest anything you want. Yeah, it'll oh change your life. You'll that's be, the, that's yeah. the only thing no. you can promise is that everything will, will finally be perfect. You realize All your promises. none of that matters and they can be happy however they are. With I'm not lying when I say all your problems will be solved because you'll realize that nothing really matters. Yeah, you don't have all right. Well, maybe your perspective will be raised. That's all go. we can promise. Yep. Or you'll get an aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, otherwise, we got lots of stuff going on. Yes, we do. We got lots of stuff. There's a new boot camp starting in, in the beginning of July. I think it's going to be July 8th. Okay. And I haven't announced it until now. So this podcast will probably be on until June sometime. So if you're listening to it, just and you're interested in learning about the boot camp, send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. And otherwise, have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you all next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.